Welcome to the Positive You Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive you. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Today, we're talking about setting your sights on a goal and going for it. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Last week's mission was to think of a positive thought every day. So Brianna, how did that go for you? I feel like it went well. I don't know that I, I mean, full disclosure, I don't know that I necessarily had an intentional, okay, here it is, my one positive thought for the day. Uh, But I definitely had the opportunity to practice uh, positive thinking uh, this week. Um, I don't know if I talked about it before, uh, but I did take a new position. And so I'm in the last couple of weeks uh, before making that transition. And so there's just a lot happening anyway. And then having that transition on top of it, there's just a lot of feelings going on. And so uh, I've had an opportunity to process some of those feelings and use, uh, particularly as it's getting really stressful, as the two positions uh, are kind of overlapping, uh, or there's, again, that sense of just having a lot going on, uh, using some of those positive um, affirmations or just uh, some of the reframing uh, that I've done in the past to kind of get through those moments where I think, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. Uh, That's what I use my positive thoughts for this week. How'd it go for you? You know, it's interesting. I will be quite frank. Um, We there was a little bit more than a week between this recording and our last, you know, recording. Mm-hmm. And so it had been a little bit long that I, I'd forgotten what the mission was. It wasn't until like I looked up <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, what positive thoughts did I think? And the truth is, I, because it was a little bit of a gap, I fell, uh, I saw what, that there was a lot of opportunity for, for me to improve my positivity. And we were doing some traveling, which I'm not a natural traveler. I am, I prefer, like, I find the whole process of traveling to be very stressful and I don't enjoy it as much, but we're going to see family and it was kind of a really big deal for me because we'd been home for a long time and uh, it wasn't my family. It was my guy's family. And so I was meeting a lot of strange people, like not strange people, (laughs) strangers to me, (laughs) just strange people in his family. Uh, Oh. And between like the travel and meeting all the people and being a one-on-one person. So it was just like a lot of peopling for me. I, um, I had like, I didn't have a panic attack over the people, but I did. There were some small spaces that I had to deal with while I was traveling that was challenging. And the positive thought that I kept saying over and over again is you can do hard things. You can do hard things as a way to remind myself, there's been much bigger, much more difficult things that I've had to traverse rather than this small trip you know, basically a two hour flight away, you could do hard things. And so that did get me through it. Um, I will say there's a lot of exciting opportunity there, Brianna, for me (laughs) to work through my discomfort with meeting other people, Mm -hmm. with being less, I found myself being a lot more insecure than I remember myself being in this situation. But it could just be the, um, the impression that I make on uh, my guy's family is very important to me because they're new family. And so the stakes were a lot higher than it was in other groups. You know, normally I go, yeah, you like me, you don't like me. Not really. I'm not that casual, mm-hmm. <laughs> but normally I can say that to myself. Uh, however, to me, it did matter if they liked me or didn't like me because they're important. And of course they were wonderful. I was uptight, but I don't think noticeably so let's hope um, or <laughs> unforgivably. So let's think, <laughs> But uh, the mantra, you can do hard things, was the positive thought that I had. So, yeah, (laughs) a lot of room, Brianna. A lot of room. Glad to be back. Oh, and we love that room, right? Those opportunities. Practice, practice, practice. Yes. Um, yes. Well, I do want to just say that, um, you know, in our our conversation before recording, um, you can do hard things. You, you shared that with me and I definitely wrote it down. And I think that that's a great way uh, to look at uh, this week's topic as we're going into 
setting up, setting our sights on something and, and really going for it. Not that everything that we set our sights on is necessarily hard, but um, that idea that you can do hard things can sometimes help. So Christy, when we talk about uh, setting your sights and going for it, what does that mean for you? A, long t- a lot of times in my life when I was younger, I was afraid to look at things or want things outright. Like I would go, because I had this weird monkey's paw universe idea that was not at all positive, that if I actually went straight for what I wanted, I was being greedy or worse, that somehow the world would deliberately withhold it for me. Like mm-hmm. the world was, like I was Charlie Brown and the world was Lucy holding that football. Like I might be able to kick the football if I didn't intend to, like maybe I just swing by Lucy, grab the football from her on the side while I was pretending like I was walking somewhere else and then I get to kick it. But for the most part, I thought the universe was holding that ball out saying, you want to kick this? And I'd be like, yeah, only to scoop it away from me. And so when I think about really setting my sights and going for it, somebody once said, and I don't remember who, so I can't attribute them, but it's probably a, a general saying out in the world. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Mm. Mm-hmm. And so instead of getting bogged down with the, is this going to be withheld from me? I never get at what I want. Um, I'm afraid of being disappointed. If I drop all of that aside and said, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? That is where I feel like I could set my sights and really go for it. That is, um, you know, I appreciate just bringing that from the top, that sense of, first of all, if I outright, I like that you talked about it as if I just outright want something, then it's absolutely going to be withheld from me because, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I had the same, I grew up with the same sense. Like you couldn't, I couldn't really be excited about something until it was like actually happening because I felt like um, if I was, then as you said, it would either not happen or it wouldn't happen in the way that I kind of wanted it to, or that would be <laughs> beneficial. Um, I think I, um, for whatever reason, there was like this short little time when I was in middle school where I was very into Greek mythology. <laughs> and if you read those myths, That'll do it. <laughs> man, don't want anything because boy, oh boy. And it was, I guess, a very, um, a very formative time. Uh, but I agree that it is that sense of being a little bit afraid uh, or, or reluctant to just outright say, this is something that I'm interested in or that I want to do. And I also very much um, relate to that sense of not just, you know, that part of it, but also that sense of um, how's it going to happen? And, and, and what if I really want it and go and set my sights and then it fails? And, you know, I have that, I think I talked about it last week or the week or last episode or before, years ago, I found this little plaque that said, you know, what if you just knew everything would work out perfectly? And while I wish I could say that I kept that in my mind, that I keep that at the forefront, I I definitely forget until I look at the shelf and see the little plaque again. Um, But I do think that that's an important piece of setting your sights, those two things of one, it's understanding it is okay to want something, it is okay to kind of declare that you are interested or ready or excited about, you know, oh, there's this thing that I want to do or just something that I want. And then being able to put a plan in place or just identify some steps to help you to get there. Um, Both of those things, I think, took a while for me to really understand and learn. And it was actually something you know, you said to me in our pre-conversation just about, um, you know, sometimes part of why we don't go for it is not being able to see, like, not not necessarily all the steps, but maybe not even being able to see that first step of where to begin. I absolutely know that. It's really interesting when I think the hope behind setting your sights and going for it is that you lead I think I say this every week, you lead an exciting life. There is, we've talked about it before, the heroic act of swinging for the fences, like to go in and just swing. And I think the problem that gets in the way is one, sometimes there's that, I love that you brought up, is it's okay to want something. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, I remember, especially when I was younger, I felt greedy or selfish for wanting something for myself. And um, where, wherein I do believe there is a point in your life where you can be greedy and selfish. Mm-hmm. I don't think that most people are there. And you know who you are. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, people around you are constant, well, no, it depends on the company you keep. But you know who you are. Like a little bit of self-knowledge goes a long way. Everybody's got their own different problems. So it does start with like thinking it is okay to want something. And then absolutely, sometimes it's the, I don't know how to go for it. And I think, well, one, so there's two big problems here that get in the way, right? One is what do I go for? Like setting your sights on something, part one, right? I don't need, so I found for a long time, I wanted to want things. There was the idea of what things were and there was a reality. I would love to be that high adventure world traveler, Brianna. The reality of getting on planes and going on boats and sweating in hot places to get to where you want to go. No. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? For some reason, travel just feels very confining and sweaty and just a series of tasks fraught with flight delays and mixed reservations and then you get there and I can't even enjoy where I am because I feel like I've been it's like a, to me it feels like an obstacle course of mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. and I'm only willing I mean I will do it right but it's not my um it's not my bliss let's say do people say that they do say that uh no no not for me don't like it um like if you yeah, I've already said I'd rather sit down and eat like a Denny's Grand Slam than go to Paris tonight, unless I'm on a private jet. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you told me you get a free trip to Paris tonight, um, but you're riding like in the middle seat on coach and you have to come back in two days, I'd be like, Do you want to get a Denny's Grand Slam? Because that <laughs> would be more fun. <laughs> and. <laughs> oh. You have to admit that that is the person I am, is humbling Brianna. So problem one is setting your sights, right? (laughs) And the other is going for it. So like problem one, setting your sights. And and the key to that is self-knowledge. And how do you do that? Well, you aim for something and you go for it and then you get it or you don't. But you know a lot in that trying process. Like I've gone on a lot of trips, Brianna, and I often wondered, why wasn't it fun? (laughs) Oh, self-knowledge is key. I think um, (laughs) I definitely feel like... Because you're a traveler. I am a traveler. But even for me, it is, you know, we talked about it. uh, We've talked about it before and just identifying what what parts of it do you like? What don't you like? And how can you um, improve those things that don't work? And some of them you're just always going to have, right? So... uh, you have to just, you know, things, if we're going to keep with the the traveling piece, security lines, all of it, it's all there. And then there are things that you can do to make that better so that um, you lessen the impact, I guess, of the things that the, the less than positive things are kind of like the, I don't know, the behind the scenes stuff that that you have to do to get to whatever it is that you really want. So I'm going to, I'm going to back it up just a little bit. And you talked about um, self-knowledge and I feel like we've talked about, we come around to that self-awareness and self-knowledge almost every episode in one way or another. And, and, and that is just going to be definitely key to one setting your sights on uh, setting your sights on something that you really want. And I think I'm, you mentioned that, and I, I want to come back to it because I do think it's really important. I find that, or have found rather, that my enthusiasm, um, the discomfort that I am willing to endure, all of that, uh, what what affects all of that is whether or not the thing that I'm tr- like I've set my sights on is really something I want, or really something I feel like I need, or that's going to be fulfilling, or is it something that I've told myself, well, this is just what people do, this is just what they want, um, and and having to really 
come to terms with or, or coming to the point of knowing myself and then getting really comfortable, especially when it's like a thing that I just assumed I wanted or assumed or, or was kind of automatically setting my sights on. I had to say, uh, I had to work through rather, you know what? I actually don't want this. This isn't what I need. This isn't going to be fulfilling for me. And this just isn't where I'm going to spend my time. Uh, so that I feel like when we talk about the self-knowledge is really important. It's just as important, I guess. Let me come back and kind of summarize that. Uh, it was a little circuitous, but it's just as important to know where you don't want to set your sights as it is to identify where, where, what you're looking for, or what you're trying to do. And I love that you pointed out that there are a lot of ideas, like that, that, that there are things that you think you should want to do because it's sort of, everybody's like, isn't this a treat? You know, traveling adventure. And <laughs> I'm just realizing, like, it took me a long time to realize, yeah, this isn't any fun at all. Like there isn't, like, I've, I'm very good at planning and trying to make things better, but like, unless I'm there for a long time so that it's like, I live here now feeling like six weeks, three weeks, five weeks, like a two day jaunt, unless it's like an hour away. Um, it's just like that for camping. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I've tried, like I've tried it. And then there's some things that you don't even have to try. You're like, no, that's a no go. Like that's a hard mm -hmm. no. Like I'm never going to have to, we, we've discussed it on prior podcasts, but I don't believe we're air ballooning people. <laughs> And I don't need to wake up at 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. or it always seems very early morning that that's happening. You know, we're both like, oh, you know, I don't want to be suspended under a flame and gas in a wicker basket. Like, no, no. It, to me, it also doesn't seem like a regulated industry, but I don't really know that for a fact. It just feels, <laughs> mm -hmm. it feels flighty to, to <laughs> use the pun. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It just, no. But there are some people who do love that and some people who do. I remember um, you saying, I love a class. I love me a class. And there's mm -hmm. some people like school schmool. Like I used to carry around notebooks all the time to write. And I was always reading books. And I remember being at a job, you know, because we had downtime when we didn't answer the phones. It was a night job. We answered phones. And somebody saying, oh, are you still in school? Like they'd assumed. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm 29. Um, not that you can't <laughs> be in school in 29, but like I'm not. Like, like, no, no, because you're always studying. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, you don't see any point to this now that you're not being made to. Hmm, interesting. And I do think the preconceived notions of what other people hand you or what the whole world or everybody around you likes. And you're just like, nah, I don't want to go on a hike, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes where your tastes change. And, and the only way to know is to do it and to constantly question, because I know a lot of people that they're going on these expensive excursions and all they come back with are like nightmare stories that they don't even enjoy telling. And mm -hmm. then they're already planning their next trip. Now, I have some friends like my friend Chris and you are both high adventure people. My sister, like it's no, it's no joke. It's no fake but I do have other friends that they just go places to take the photos mm. and to say they've been. And if that's enough, if it's enough for the photo, like if all that work for a photo is worth it to you, then do it. But there's like, I feel like there's a big group of people out there that aren't questioning the premise of, is this really fun? Am I having a good time? Like, and I do think, and I've done it before, it's worth sitting down and thinking, what do I actually like? Like, it took me a long time to realize, um, now, you know, now I'm in a relationship, so compromises must be made. But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> I like going out on New Year's Eve, but I like, I have mastered the art of the 11.40 p.m. arrival for, like, I'm, I, I can do New Year's Eve in 45 minutes, and it's the perfect amount of New Year's Eve, unless... A small group of people is choosing to go to Denny's after. Then I will remain out because um, there's nothing I like better than sitting at a deli or a diner late at night talking about God knows what. 
Mm-hmm. Other I... people are just like, really? How many times are you going to mention Denny's? That's very <laughs> ridiculous. And the truth is, I I like sandwiches and fries. <laughs> like it's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that just makes me think like if we ever get to a point of sponsorship, I think we're going straight to Denny's. <laughs> it is like Waffle House is welcome as well. If you're open late and I can get a decaf and scrambled eggs, you're my place. I love that. Um, Again, coming back to that idea of self-knowledge and just really sitting down and asking and being intentional about identifying what it is that you're really interested in. What is it that you need? What's uh, going to be fulfilling? And that's going to, as you said, it's going to, the answer to those questions is going to be different at different points in your life and for different reasons. Uh, What I need, uh, what I want to go for, I guess, professionally may be different than what I do or want to go for personally. However, I am noticing, uh, and, and one of the reasons I have made this transition, this role transition at work, is that the one the one so my my job was preventing me from being able to go for some of the things that i wanted to do personally so i've talked about it before it's just a high stress very busy working a lot and so there's not a lot left at the end of the day uh and and i was comfortable with that because i felt like i you know, I liked my job. I felt like I was making a difference. And then it got to a point where I just really wasn't, you know, I think the pandemic and being having to be home for like a year by myself uh, really highlighted just how much I energy I was losing and didn't have and how much things like reading and uh, even doing online classes and some of the spiritual work was really taking a hit because I just didn't have any energy left at the end of the day and and having to identify and really ask myself, well, which one of these things is more important and what is it that you really want at the, not right now, although there's some of that, but like, where is it that you want to be in two years, five years at the end of, you know, when I get to the end of my life, am I going to, what am I, what am I going to look back on and really want to say that I did? And I think that over this last probably two years, that sense of we're, you know, we're starting our third quarter, uh, we're, you know, I'm not 20 anymore, uh, really wanting to make sure that when I, when it comes to um, overall my life, that I've done these things that, that are interesting and feel fulfilling. And so I had to make, um, I didn't have to. I made a choice to look for a position that would still give me some of those professional accomplishments or professional um, opportunities that I was interested in, but then would leave me with the uh, energy and that sense of using kind of my, my energy for my personal work, because that to me is what's worth it. It is, you know, the spiritual work that I've been doing, connect, being able now that things are opening up and we can be with people again, being able to connect with my friends and family, just kind of re- rekindling all of that and, you know, hopefully getting on a plane one day <laughs> soon uh, and, and go in places. Um, but I need energy for all of that. So I, you know, you and I talked about it and I set my sights on getting a new position and I just kind of went for it. And I'm making it seem a lot easier than I think it probably was. There definitely was a lot of conversation, uh, a lot of preparation that went into it, but it needed to happen. I I needed to make it happen. And so I think, again, coming back to that self-knowledge, sitting down and identifying what is it that you really want, need, what's going to help you be fulfilled, all of that is so important uh, to just being able to recognize where you are and then where you want to go and then start making those at least first couple of, you know, making the plan for those first couple of steps. I love that. And one of the interesting things is I think one of the, as we get older or, or maybe not necessarily as we get older, but different times in our lives, we become, particularly if we've had a failure, we have a harder time setting our sights and going for it because especially 
because we're afraid. We're afraid we're going to fail. And there is nothing like putting forth. I went through this period of my life where I pretended like I wasn't really trying so that if I didn't get it, I'd always be able to tell myself, well, I didn't really try. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things is if you don't even know what you want, sometimes it's good to set your sights on something and go for it. That's what I think. Um, I wasn't particularly athletic, so I can't say sports for me. Um, but I will say I was in orchestra, which believe it or not, orchestra is competitive, especially if you're a violinist or there's a chair system. And so you, in our school, you had to be the better player and you could actually challenge someone to take their chair. And there were auditions and there was a lot of competition. And I was also in academic games. And there was a time when I was doing something and somebody asked me, you know, they said there is like something I did learn from orchestra and something I learned from academic games that actually, you know, pertain to business and pertain to life that really helped me, um, you know, a lot like sports. And they were like, what is it? And I was like, I learned how to win. And I learned how to lose. But sometimes one of those comes easier to us. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's things you learn by like going for it, even if it's not the ultimate like sometimes people, only, they feel perfectionistic about what they're going to go for because they're afraid that there's only a limited amount of energy. And there are some limits on your energy. I'm not saying you can go for everything all of the time. But if you're waiting for the perfect thing to set your sights on and go for and you have no idea what it is, think of something, anything that you want to just set your – do something that challenges you and that's hard because the process of doing something – that process of learning to deal with the disappointment or deal with the victories or deal with the hardships of setting a goal and realizing it's the wrong goal or realizing it's the right goal and winning and coming up short and feeling who you are in that moment is an important skill to learn. So if you can't figure out what to set your sights on, pick anything and go for it. And mm -hmm. what do I mean by go for it? Okay, well, when you're going for it, imagine... Somewhere in my mind, there was Lucy and not just Lucy pulling the football away. Lucy pulling the football away, an entire stadium full of kids waiting to laugh at me when I failed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that every time I went for it, nobody laughed. Do you know what I mean? I, everybody, and it's also just painful in your heart. Like, have you ever, and this is easy for me because I was so not athletic. Like decided, okay, I'm going to connect with this insert ball, like a softball or something, right? And you've got a, you know, the bat and you're going to aim and you're going to go for it, right? And you swing really hard and you completely miss. You almost like pull more muscles missing the ball, I think, than if you would have connected. I can't know for sure because honestly, at this time in my life, I've connected so few with balls that you know, come in the air at me that I don't know if it's less, but it seems like a lot less. And there's that almost spinning around. I nearly killed somebody with this bat embarrassment. And you do that a couple of times and you don't swing as freely anymore. Mm -hmm. If you know what I'm saying. And the longer you live or the more times you swung that hard and the more you forget, you remember, you remember the pain of missing and the embarrassment of missing, the more you focus on that, the less likely you can swing. But if you can remember that it was courageous to get at bat and emphasize, I'm just going to swing until I hit. I'm going to look for what I missed. Because I, oh, oh, I do remember. <laughs> I got a base hit once in, as a junior uh, <laughs> in college. And I actually caught a fly ball against the fence. Not a fly ball. I don't know. A ball that went really high. I don't know what it is. Against the fence in a game we lost but it was it was an amazing moment um and luckily the sports editor had run really close so i only had to kind of toss it to him because i would have never been able to throw that near anyone do you know what i mean so it was a really it was a big win like there are moments in your life where it's heroic to just show up it's heroic to swing and to remember that because the pain of it it really does hurt to miss and i think the fear of that pain but but the fear of like a life unlived is so much greater. If you keep that in the park, like if you're a fear motivated person like me, sometimes the only thing that makes me go forward is the, I'm more afraid of the life unlived than I am of that pain of swinging and missing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's definitely one of those things that's motivating me, especially now, uh, is, is it's not necessarily, um, it's just which, you know, the, it, I guess what I, the way I look at it is which do I want, which am I more interested in? Um, you know, what do I really want to have happen? I want to get to the end of my life. I want to, uh, and see that I went for these things or that I enjoyed my time here. Um, and that doesn't mean that everything's going to work out. It doesn't mean I'm going to get everything that I try for. Absolutely. I know that. Um, but I would, you know, I would much rather be up there swinging because there is that moment as the ball's coming at you that you just like, there's just hope and you just think, oh, I got this. And that's just such an exciting, uh, such a, such an exciting feeling. And that's what I would like more of versus I've spent a long time um, kind of thinking about things that I'd like, but then like within moments, like thinking myself kind of out of them. So one of the things that I uh, put down as helping to be able to set your sights and really go for it, uh, two things is one, um, and it, that I have found to be helpful. One is to write it down. Uh, again, because I'm an intro, uh, introvert uh, overanalyzer, I will kind of just roll something through over and over and over and over and, and think of all the ways that it won't happen. Uh, so if I really just get it out and write it down, uh, that's helpful to kind of make it real. Uh, the other thing that's been very helpful for me is to tell somebody. And again, it's that sense of having a commitment and it's less about, sometimes it's about having like an accountability partner to just say, hey, check in with me in like a week <laughs> just to see where I'm at because I'm afraid I might, uh, I might, you know, not actually go for this or, or whatever. But what I find and has been incredibly helpful, and I think, you know, we were just talking about this as far as the the podcast is concerned, but it is then you have someone, one, you've made it real, it's out in the world and someone knows about it. And now you've got someone who can be excited with you. And more than anything, I think that's what has helped me when I look at those things that seem a little bit, maybe either impossible or just like, whoa, I don't know how I'm going to make that work. Um, it is having shared it with someone and have people be excited with me. Um, that has really helped me stay motivated, work through some of the discomfort or the concern, like, I might, I might miss this. Um, because then it's exciting through the whole way. First of all, it's exciting while you're like working through it, getting to it. But then when it really, really works, um, even if it doesn't work the way that I thought that it would, there's just something about being able to celebrate. And I can't say enough how helpful it has been for me, especially this last year that you and I have, aside from just doing the podcast, uh, but that we do set these little, you know, we've kind of set at the beginning of this time here are some things that we want to have happen or, or we just want to come out of this uh, maybe, I don't want to say, well, I'll say it better than when we went in, I guess, um, or at least having done something with this time that we've had. And it was every week just talking about these little things, a little ways that we're making changes or that we are uh, working towards this, you know, living this life that we really feel is fulfilling and purposeful um, and have been able to share that has been incredibly helpful. And I mean, you know, I think it was in maybe March that I was really like, okay, I think I'm ready to look for a new position. And, and you know, a couple months later, it happened. And I'm really excited about that. I totally, yes, I remember distinctly being at the beginning, and I, I've had a lot of good fortune during this time, right? I haven't been, I've had a lot of good fortune that a lot of people have not had. So, um, and I made it a point, though, to say that if I'm one of those people lucky enough to have to have this good fortune carry through, I'm going to try and make the most of my good fortune. That then there's the guilt, right, of mm -hmm. 
well, other people have it hard, so I should be miserable. And I don't know. Um, and that is something that can get in the way of going for it, right? Like, who am I to go for this when other people don't have this opportunity? And the question is always, who are you not to, right? If you're presented with an opportunity or you're presented with some good fortune, why waste the good fortune? It does no one any good to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a lot of times where I felt greedy for wanting to better my circumstances, or I get this feeling of self-doubt where I think, you know, who do you think you are to say you're going to do this? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, who are you to say this? And, you know, there was that, you know, that quote that Marianne Williamson, it's, you know, it's not our darkness, it's the light that we're afraid of, you know, who are you not to? And I constantly try to remember that because there are a lot of people who are excited to, I wouldn't say a lot, there are a number of people, let's just say, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's small, depending on, you know, who you're surrounded with that will be excited for you. However, what can often get in the way is there are people who are stuck in life who aren't setting their sights high and going for it. And they're very comfortable They're very uncomfortable, I should say, in watching someone do it because Mm -hmm. it highlights why I can't do it. There are a lot of, uh, I was in comedy for a long time and I don't know, I might go back. It was, you know, I wasn't as interested in doing it during the pandemic as some other of my friends. And um, there were a lot of comedians that were very embittered by people who were very ambitious and sent all their screenplays and sent their tapes to all the people and were very quick to make fun of anyone who tried to be that sort of crab that climbs out of the pot. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people like that. And it was basically they didn't feel good enough to do that or whatever their reason was that kept them down. They were quick to bring other people down. And I think that that can be an obstacle be careful who you share your dreams with. Make sure they're worthy of sharing the dream with. I think a lot of times when I was younger, I would share the dream with anybody who would listen, only to be met with the, yeah, right. All mm-hmm. right, go ahead. And sometimes I got a very, and you know yourself, sometimes I'd get a very, I'll show them. And that could be very motivating. So cool. But too much of it, and it was just like, especially when things weren't rolling my way and the dream was still tender, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have enough resilience and belief in that dream. Uh, a lot of dreams derailed instantly or plans or something that I would have gone for, but it was considered silly or ridiculous or stupid and by somebody else or it wasn't met with the kind of enthusiasm I thought. So if you have a vision or a goal... um. Feel the people out in your life and seek someone who is a true sounding board. Sometimes I come up with ideas that I think, hey, maybe I should do this. Like, remember, I was trying to work on my focus talent mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, I was getting coaching and the person suggested maybe get a ritual going. Maybe I should get a candle. And I'm thinking, well, I want to be open to new ideas. Maybe I'll get a candle. You know me. You've known me for many a year. And I'm saying, you yeah, know, maybe I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this candle. And I could feel in your silence, I'm like, I don't think I'm a candle person, though. And you're like, no, you're not. You're not going to be. I'm like, I could just see myself setting my desk on fire. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So it's important to get somebody who's positive, but who also knows you. Like, like it's important that I work on, you know, I, developing my talent of, for focus so that I can get that into a true strength. But it's not important that I get the candle. Like, you know what I mean? So for details, find someone who knows you and just keep it a little bit sacred and silent. If you're surrounded by a lot of negative people, you know, it's, it could be beneficial to write it down in a journal or share it online in a group of people if nobody's there, or just listen to like our podcast and other positive things to keep that in your mind. Because I do think that sometimes what can get in your way of going for it is naysayers in your ear, just a little bit too much at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for absolutely. And again, coming back to that sense of self-knowledge. So um, knowing what it is that you need. So I will fully admit being able to share with someone um, who's going going to be supportive and encouraging, that's been helpful for me, but I recognize that might not be what other people need. I will say... Um, one of the things about setting your sights and going for it, uh, 
or, or for myself, I should say, is that it's definitely helped me with my, uh, uh, with my self-confidence. Uh, so just to be able to have to work through some of the challenges that we've talked about. So that sense of like, who am I? Um, can I really do this? Uh, do I have the, you know, do I have the talent or do I have the skills to be able to make this happen? And sitting down and having to really look at uh, and answer some of those questions has really helped to bolster my self-confidence, but then also, you know, this year, one of the things I've really tried to work on is uh, recognizing that I do a lot, um, kind of like by intuition. And what I mean by that is I'm taking in information and I'm making decisions, but they're not, they're not always things that I'm really conscious of. And so things just sometimes feel right or not right. Uh, and so I've tried to work a little bit more on accepting that. And then especially when I have to talk about some of that with other people, when they're like, well, why are you doing this or that? And just getting really comfortable with saying you know, like, just, just feels right. And, and leaving it at that, uh, right. And not getting, um, not not getting put off by, you know, if people maybe don't understand that, or they are kind of like, um, you know, maybe think it's a little flaky, um, just being comfortable in, in myself and having, you know, developed some more self-confidence over my decision-making process and over like, hey, I've set my sights, my goals are made, I'm going for this, and really just really just being able to say when when my self-doubt starts like coming up like oh are they are they right am I is this weird um and and because that's inevitable that's gonna happen uh I can say yeah no it's not weird this is it this is the thing that I'm doing and you know I hope people are going to be helpful or excuse me yeah helpful but I hope they're going to be understanding and and respectful but if they're not then that's on them but it's not changing my course and I feel like that more than anything, um, that self-confidence has just really helped that sense of, oh, I'm doing this thing. <laughs> I'm doing it. And I really appreciate you bringing up that it builds confidence because I do think when you set your sights on something and you go for it, it does win, lose or draw. You feel more confident because you survived it. When you do things that are hard, and that's like me telling myself, you can do hard things, you can do hard things, you feel less afraid in the world, and it does build your confidence. Um, and I just really appreciate you mentioning that benefit of it, because sometimes we're very caught up in the, did I get it? Mm -hmm. Did I get what I was going for? Sometimes you get halfway there and you realize you got something better, or you realize you got something different that's just as good, or you realize wow, I didn't get anything of what I wanted. I'm on the other side of this. I did get, however, one way to try that didn't work. Like I got some information mm -hmm. and there's always something you can take away. But more importantly, the more often you just set your sights on something and go for it, the more you know yourself and the more you know yourself, the more confident you get and the more things you can do in the world. You, have, you build a resilience that can only help you in good times and bad. And I do feel like self-doubt and the also the one of the things that can get in the way is um, waiting for the perfect moment. There's mm -hmm. this illusion that there's going to be a perfect time for something to happen or worse, thinking the perfect time has already passed. Mm -hmm. And I love that saying they said, you know, OK, sure, the best time to plant that tree was 10, 10 years ago. That moment is gone. The second best time is right now. And I mm -hmm. loved hearing that because sometimes in mourning the opportunity that I missed, I miss the opportunity that is in front of me. And I do think that the perfect moment is a myth. And a lot of times in my life, I kept putting roadblocks where I, well, I don't have this, so I can't do that. I, and they weren't excuses. They were truly obstacles. But I looked at obstacles as something that was unmovable. Like there was a friend of mine that was, I was very close with and 
she said, yeah, well, you know, if I, if I could dream it, I would like to be a photographer, but you know, it's just going to have to be a hobby because now you really need to learn Photoshop. And I was like, well, you're very bright. You have a college degree. You're good at learning things. She's like, oh no, I just don't have the budget because my budget is so tight. I could never afford to buy Photoshop. And I sent her a link that said, basically you can get a subscription to Photoshop for $14.99 a month and said, I gladly gift you three months worth if it helps you with your dream. Interestingly, though, she never took me up on it and never got it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I do understand there's a gestation period for things. Sometimes you want something so badly that you are afraid to go for it because you need the dream. I've done that. That was why it took me a long time to write my first novel and complete it because I needed the, that one day I would write the novel and it would be perfect. I needed that hope more than I actually needed to know. And then one day came and I was like, are you ever going to write a book? Are you ever going to write a book? You've wanted to write a book since you were nine years old. Are you going to write that novel? And not just any book. I wanted to write a novel. Mm -hmm. And so I did the NaNoWriMo and then it turned out I finished a draft and that draft wasn't anything that I would ever show anybody, but it got me closer. And before I knew it, uh, it, you know, I, I guess the process was like 12 years or something since that NaNoWriMo. Um, you know, now I've written 15 books. And sometimes there's a gestation period for the big things. But if in the meantime, if you just can't bring yourself to follow that big dream, go for something smaller. Go for anything. Because the, the process of doing that can really help you. But don't wait for the perfect moment. The perfect moment is a myth. Absolutely. A myth. I've, I've waited and waited and waited <laughs> uh, or, um, you know, maybe gotten started and then stopped because it was like, oh, no, it's just not the right time or, or it's not working out perfectly. So let's just let's just end this now. Uh, um, and I will say that there <laughs> there is that value. There is some value in the reflection. So the looking back, I, I definitely. Um, this week have been very aware of how long some things have been in the works that I didn't really recognize. So thinking about it just from the perspective of this positivity work that we started, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. And how when we started it, you know, we had a very clear purpose of why we were doing it. Um, but but what I notice is now, you know, 15 years later, we're doing this podcast, we're still talking about positivity, we're still working on positivity. And I just feel like I've had an op I've had a lot of opportunity um, along the way. I've I've been doing a lot of work in various areas along the way. I don't know that I would have ever pictured this being one of the outcomes of that positivity work way back when. So, and, and because right now that we're here, I'm kind of like, well, why didn't we do this 15 years ago? <laughs> and, and so there is that sense of like, it just was gonna, it was always gonna take this much time. Like we're here uh, because we had to do a lot of stuff in the meantime. So I don't know exactly, I'm I, like, it's hard for me to formulate the words to get to the, like the sense that I've been having this week. Um, but just a, a several things it feels like are, are essentially coming to fruition that are years in the making and, and not necessarily even the final outcome that I set my sights on. So it is that sense of however many years ago we set our sights on, we just wanted our workspace, our work environment to be less negative and just, a, we just wanted to enjoy being able to go to work. <laughs> um, so we started this positivity group and that was it. That's what we set our sights on, but it just, grew and blossomed and affected so much, so much for me, affected so much moving forward 
that I can trace now some of the accomplishments and opportunities that I have like now that seem like they're not connected, but I can trace it back to that to say, oh yeah, you know, I'm able to do this or I've had this opportunity or I was able to set my sights on this this new thing. Even this job, this new job is one of those things uh, because of that work that we started like 15 years ago. So when you talk about like waiting for the per- perfect moment and, and sometimes that being a barrier, I, I will say, don't wait. Just if you can just try one thing, uh, set, set your sights, put one thing into motion, put, make a plan for one thing, definitely would encourage doing that. And recognize that um, it might take some time to actually get to your final, whatever that final goal is. Now, I'm not saying everything you try to do is going to take 15 years, so don't worry about that. Uh, but there is just that that element of time, I guess, as you know, not looking at that as an immovable barrier. I, I know exactly. Um, I know exactly what you mean. A lot of times, my problem has been well. One, I love that you brought up the benefit, like the hope behind setting your sights and going for it. You know, setting goals and trying to achieve them. The hope. The, one of the one of the promises is it can lead you to unexpected places that you wouldn't have been otherwise. And sometimes those places are pretty phenomenal and very exciting. And so even if you don't get what you're initially going for, you get somewhere. And that's worth something. But I found that a lot of times regarding time, I have quit before the victory. And there's this weird thing that I've done. And it's funny, especially when I was in my 20s. I didn't want to hear how I can be my goal weight in a year. Okay, now that I'm older, one of the things, I, just a little tip uh, regarding patients. Um, you know, they always say, oh, you know, like older people or middle-aged people or older people are always telling young people, um, you know, you got to learn patience. Let me give you a little tip. You don't actually have to learn that much patience. As you get older, time just goes by faster and it gives the illusion of patience, right? A year is nothing to me now. It's not that I'm any more patient than I was when I was 20. It's just time goes by faster. So it's like time travel, but that's a, that's an aside. My point being, I didn't want to, I don't want to hear it. If I couldn't lose all the weight I needed to lose in 45 days, then there was no point, Brianna. Well, what did that really get me? I never got to my goal weight on any Weight Watcher plan ever. All right. I got into Weight Watchers. I'd lose 10% of my weight and then I'd get happy and then I'd eat. And um, now I've learned or worse, I got close to where I was going, but because I didn't get it in the time frame that I thought it should take, I quit. I quit before the victory happened. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to stay the course. I used to have unrealistic expectations regarding the time. And I also, even if I won one, like if I went for it and I actually got where I got, I would look at, I would often, I often compare it to, it takes about nine months to make a baby, Brianna. And at the end of the nine months, there's a lot of action, right? There's uh, water breaking and labor and baby, right? All of that happens. My brain used to perceive the work of making a baby, if the baby is the metaphor, right? I have no idea. I've never had children. But I would see the part where all the action happens at the end and be like, that is the time it takes to make a baby. Why were you waiting nine months? Mm-hmm. Like, let's get to the baby. Like, apparently I was in labor for 18 hours. There was a drive to the airport. I mean, the airport, the hospital, <laughs> you know, because I'm flying in the store, whatever I'm doing. And I would be like, that means I should be able to make a baby every 18 hours, Right. <laughs> and one of the things that it took me a long time to recognize is sometimes there's a gestation period for an idea or for success so stick around a little bit longer if you're the kind of person who's impatient if you're a patient person i'm not going to say wait even longer do you know what i mean maybe you need to learn how to cut your losses if you're the other kind of person who just sticks around too long and you know who you are if you're that person um But if you're impatient like me, work on sticking around so you get the fruits of what you went for. Don't just set your sights on what you want to get, put in all this work, and then walk away before you get it. 
takes sometimes just a little bit longer. Stick it out. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that I have found is really helpful is knowing that sometimes it's just sometimes when things don't come to fruition or if they just don't work out, sometimes it's just related to it's just not the right time. And I have found one of the things that's been really helpful for me is to just maybe like pocket that goal or pocket that that thing that I've set my sights on. So if it's something that I really want so that if the if the opportunity comes around again, it's just right there and I'm ready, ready with it, with whatever I've learned from it not working out um, and can just try it, try it again. And I've, I've actually really found that to be, to be especially helpful in the professional setting. So if you're coming up with an idea, particularly if it's something to, you know, if you're, if you're trying to make change, um, few people love that or are interested in that. So I've, um, you know, I've, I've presented things and said, what about this? And then someone is probably like, nah, not so much. And rather than being really discouraged, I mean, I might be a little discouraged in the moment, rather than being discouraged, I just pocket it and I hang on to it. Cause I know uh, that, you know what, I'm going to just hang on to this and I'm going to wait it out. And at some point, maybe there'll be an opportunity where I can pitch this to somebody else, or maybe things will just change in the organization and the time will be right. And I've, held on to things there's you know for two years three years four years I've been working on one thing for about almost almost two years and if I can get this fixed before I leave this current job that I'm in I will it's it's going to be like the boon of my (laughs) and it's something so dumb and so small but like it just means it's just important to me that this this thing gets fixed uh I want it so bad. And I have literally for like two and a half years, I've talked to a number of people and just keep like, okay, not the right time. Fine. I'm going to hang on to this. I find somebody else and, and, and I get a like every time I get a little farther down the path and I'm like, oh, I'm so close. The finish line is so close. So we'll see if I can make it work. But if it doesn't happen right away, if it doesn't happen the way that you think, if it if it just um, isn't necessarily like a, a very clear yes, this worked. Don't don't. Uh, I would advocate for maybe uh, hanging on to it just in case. Now, as you said, sometimes you just need to. It's just not going to work, and and so it's maybe time to move on but uh, there can be those things I think that you just hang on to because the time isn't right maybe you need a little or I'll say talk for myself maybe I need a little more learning or understanding doesn't matter Um, there are a few things that I've continued to hang on to and then you know the time is right the resources are there I'm at the right moment and things just work I love that because I have, I like the idea, like in my mind, I'm visualizing being sort of um, a success MacGyver, right? Like you've developed all these tools and you're throwing them into your backpack. And when the next opportunity comes up, you're like, I've got it. And sometimes it's just a matter of remembering to check in to see if you can get it this time. I've had a number of friends and I've always marveled at their ability. Uh, This is, this is setting your sights. Okay. My friend Sylvia set up what we called the great forever stamp caper. Okay. (laughs) And basically what happened is I don't remember 20 years ago, she decided they they put forever stamps and you could buy these stamps and they would be good for first class mail for forever. Hence the name forever stamp. And she said, you know, I'm the kind of person who could pull off this caper. So she went in and dropped, I don't know how much money, but let's say a couple hundred bucks on forever stamps held those stamps okay and then waited till stamps went up and chuckled with glee at every bill that she ever had to mail more fun could never be had from a stamp i ran into a guy at an h&r block the guy who did my taxes at an h&r block literally had done the same stamp caper and (laughs) but he had 
an associate who kept going into his desk to take one of his forever stamps. And he said, no, you cannot have these. These are my special stamps. Go buy the stamps. And she's like, what's the big deal? He's like, if it's not a big deal, then you don't need my stamp, to which I was completely on board for. Because you get to get the victory of this. And I know Mm -hmm. it's a weird little thing to set your sight on, but it's a metaphor, Brianna. It's a metaphor. It's the know your strengths, know what you can, set your sights on something, and keep checking in to see if you can get it. You'd be surprised how many things come to you if you just ask enough. Not being annoying or whatever, but just checking in. Is this the time? Does the key work now? Does this happen now? Um, oh, you say I can apply every three months. I'm going to apply every three months. Like there have been people who ended up working on Conan because they love the show and started writing when they were 13. There are a lot of people who've made exciting things happen because they set their sights on something and just kept regularly checking in to see if it was available to them now. And I always find those kind of stories amazing because consistency has never been. No, no. I should say consistency in the past was not one of my biggest strengths, but now I have this system that I use where I have a reminder calendar for things I want so that I remember. I literally use a thing, a program called Things 3. I say, remember, you can do this. Okay, in three months, check in with that person to see if it's open, to see if that audition's there. And I just put it on there and then it pops up. Now, sometimes three months comes along and I just got to remember, it's just an email, just ask. And I've been surprised at how often it works. And when you're really going for it, there's some logistics that you can do to go for it. And one of them is to think of what can I do now? What would I do next? And just take that action. A lot of times going for it is like some vague thing. Break it down. Break it down to actual small to-do items. Can I send an email? Can I ask somebody something? Do I need to get something? I remember at the beginning part of you switching jobs when you were thinking about it, one of the steps one week was... Um, get post-its. Do you remember that? We were going to, because you were revising a resume and you literally just like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this on post-its so that I can rearrange things. And so that week you just went out and got post-its and then you wrote some things on post-its. And then before you know it, uh, new job. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is definitely helpful. And and that was going to be one of the, the things that I put out there as well is you don't, and maybe we've talked about it already, but you don't necessarily need to know what the outcome is, you know, what the the specific um, thing is going to be. So, you know, in the instance of looking for, you know, being ready for a new job, I had no idea what it was. I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I just knew it was time, uh, time to make a transition and I needed to get myself prepared for that. So, you know, I maybe didn't have an, a clear picture of what the outcome was going to be specifically, like what specific job, but I just knew it was, it was time to move on and try something, you know, move into something new and different. And so it was, the first piece was, you know, I need to update, I need to update uh, my resume, which seemed super daunting because I hadn't done it for a really long time and I had a lot of stuff, you know, to put in it. And so it it was that conversation of, um, well, remember when you, I forgot you said something to the, I forgot what the thing was, but you said, well, remember when you did insert thing, uh, it helps to just break it down on post-its. And I was like, yeah, it sure did. <laughs> and so, yeah, that became the first thing is just get the post-its. I didn't even write anything on it. Now I did because I got excited once I had all my colorful post-its and my new markers. And that's the other thing too, is if there are steps that you need to take, try to make them fun in some way. Um, so it was colorful post-its, fun markers, throwing stuff up on the wall. Um, but there was like an energy to that, that, was fun and exciting. Um, But then uh, also just buying post-its. I mean, that's a very doable, that was a very doable first step. So they can be these smaller, like these smaller things that may seem, I might've even said like, really just post-its? And you were like, yeah, just (laughs) post-its. Yeah, just one little thing. It's enough. Right, right. And it might not, you know, it might be like, but there's so much to, you know, this thing is just so big or whatever, but yeah, just the one little thing to get you started to put that energy and say, look, I've got this, 
uh, I've set my sights. I've got this thing that I want. Um, and here's the one, you know, the one step I'm going to take uh, to get me to get me started. And I will, you know, if I can just share one, I think, kind of last thing for me, as far as setting your sights and really going for it, it is, I think, you know, I hope that people will start to have that sense of the universe wants good things for you. I don't know if that's corny to say, but I really do hope that people, if they have that sense like we had where um, we don't want to want or like kind of we don't want to want things or or we would, we're a little concerned or afraid to set our sights because we're afraid it's going to just be taken from us. If If you have that, I just hope that, you know, maybe that's one of those first steps is working towards changing that idea because uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I think we are here to experience uh, life and to have purpose and feel fulfilled. And um, I just hope that for people, you know, that's what they're going into things with is this sense of I can have uh, the things that I want. I can feel fulfilled. I can um, I can accomplish, uh, you know, if that's what you're kind of looking for, um, and that and that we have that positive look towards, you know, living that life that we want to live. Absolutely, because I do think that's the hope behind setting your sights and going for it. It's that fulfillment, that feeling of accomplishment, and being led to unexpected places that you wouldn't have experienced and and things that you wouldn't have known uh, and the confidence that you get from doing all of that if you hadn't set your sights on something and gave it a go. And I do think some of the problems that can get in the way is a fear of failure, wondering that it, worrying that it's not okay to want something, worrying that you're going to be embarrassed or people laugh at you, waiting for the right time, quitting before the actual victory, uh, being afraid of disappointment or naysayers or not knowing what to do or not knowing what to set your sights on. And the solutions lie in some of the stuff we talked about. Uh, try different things. Identify to identify what you want and then maybe have conversations with people. Uh, seek the company of people who are supportive. Lean into the fear of a life left unlived. If you're kind of person who's a little too afraid, maybe be a little afraid of the life that you won't get to have. Using your intuition can be a very valuable thing, despite what it may look like to other people. Don't worry about that. Use that intuition to see what feels right for you. Look to what you can do now. Uh, if the opportunity isn't coming all the way to fruition, pocket that. Be ready for it to come back. If it, the timing isn't right, then you can just go ahead and check in every once in a while and wait for the timing to cut, catch up with your dream. And break it down into small, doable chunks. And speaking of breaking it down into small, doable chunks. This week's mission is to set your sights on one thing, even something small, come up with one step to get you started, just to get you started. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you're going to do or give us, share us your questions and perspectives on the topics we've discussed today or on any of our other episodes. You can email us at the positive view, at positive view podcast at gmail.com. That's positive view, V-I-E-W podcast at gmail.com. And on the next episode, we'll discuss communication and building these skills to support our positive view. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast because it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.